Hello and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and here with me is the Director of Publications of every Salvation Army magazine in the known world. Stop. That is factually inaccurate. <laughs> Major Jamie Satterley. Major Jamie, how are Oh, my co-host in this podcast, my co-host in life. Major Jamie, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing a lot better before you quadrupled my workload. <laughs> we, we also have with us here our co-host, producer, our media manager of everything Salvation Army in the known universe, <laughs> the one who makes this whole thing run, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I am so super swell. How are you? Doing well. Listen, it's always an S with you. It's super stupendous. I'm super swell. I'm super... Oh, I'll have to go back through past episodes and see if super you ever... Scared. Super squared. If yeah. you ever use, if you ever just said terrific or something like that, um, then we would know Elizabeth's having a bad day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so today we're speaking with Major George Baker, who leads the Salvation Army World Service Organization, or SOSO for short. Major George is a Western Territory officer who has recently, along with his wife, uh, Major Jeannie, served as the divisional leaders of the South and Mid Wales Division. Now they have arrived here at National Headquarters. So a few uh, episodes ago, you might remember that we talked about the Salvation Army being an international movement. We focused on that a little bit more. Uh, and so we have that experience uh, here with us today. We're going to learn a little bit about what it looks like um, with our World Service uh, Organization office. How are you doing today, George? I'm doing great. Thank you. Excited. We're excited to talk to you, get to know a little bit more about SOSO. Well, hopefully I can uh, help with that. I'm new to it, uh, having just come into it. I'm still learning myself, but uh, happy to share what I can. All right, Major. Well, we're glad to have you on the podcast today. First, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long, how long have you been in the Salvation Army? What appointments have you had? What have, what, what's the road that's got you to this point? Well, I, I was actually born and raised in the Salvation Army. Um, I'm, the, I'm the son of Salvation Army parents. Actually, a fifth-generation Salvationist, which makes me really, really old. Um, but I, I was, yeah, born into it, but uh, have been an officer for 30, almost 39 years. And, um, and in that period of time, we've had uh, the privilege of serving as Corps officers in, for 16 years and seven appointments, uh, ranging from Maui, Hawaii, to uh, Apache Junction, Arizona. That's kind of like... Heaven to well anyhow, <laughs> it, um, so it's uh, it's uh, it, it's been a wild ride. And then we were DYSs in uh, Southern what was then the Southern California Division, divisional secretaries um, in two divisions, and then divisional leaders in three divisions: two in the USA West, and then one in the UK in South and Mid Wales. And uh, we thought we were going home at the end of our tour in Wales, and. Ended up here at National Headquarters, so here we are. Well, I will say we are very glad to have you here. We have enjoyed very much getting to know you and Jeannie. So I, I will say that a lot of people have probably heard about SOSO or heard the term SOSO, but might not be able to really articulate what SOSO does. So maybe you can help us clear that up. What does SOSO do? Well, first, let me tell you, I had no clue what Sasso did until I arrived at Sasso. Uh, <laughs> what I thought Sasso did is not actually what Sasso does. Uh, Sasso actually uh, serves to represent the interests of the four U.S. territories 
um, as they work together with communities around the world to improve the uh, quality of life through health, uh, economic, and spiritual uh, programs and aid. So that's really what SASO does. Um, and that, that's not what I thought it did. Um, I actually thought all the money that was raised by CORE um, for world services uh, came to SASO. But the reality is only a portion of that actually comes to SASO. Uh, the majority of that money goes directly to international headquarters to support the daily operations of the Salvation Army around the world. We do receive some of that through the territories for specific projects that we help provide support for. So, Major, my question to you there is, what are, what are the other uh, assumptions that I think people would have about SASO? And, and the, like, I think most people assume my money that I give to the core for World Services comes to either you at, in SASO or IHQ. So just walk that through. If I give a dollar at the Steubenville, Ohio core, uh, what, what's going to happen to that? How's it going to help you? Well, okay. When, when a soldier or even someone in the community donates to the Salvation Army for world services, uh, there's a formula that's in place. Uh, that money goes to the, the divisional office and then the divisional office sends it to the territorial office because we have to go through all those chains that we're required to use. And then the territorial office has a formula where they send a, a percentage of that directly to international headquarters to fund the ongoing daily operations around the world. And so that, you, you and I have talked about this before. That money from IHQ, right, goes for like – tell us a little bit about what that IHQ money goes to. That money goes to to basically help maintain the Army's buildings around the world, to pay the officers around the world, the daily operations of the Salvation Army uh, around the world, primarily in territories uh, that are, are partially funded through IHQ. All right. And then the formula that skins the money to you and SASO, what happens with that? That money comes to us as territories, um, as they identify projects that they want to support in, in countries around the world. Uh, every territory has a group of what's called partners in mission territories, and those territories can submit proposals to the U.S. territories uh, and if they decide to fund those, then that comes to us, and then we work with the what we call implementing territory, the receiving territory, to see that they get those monies. And so it's just one way of centralizing all of that so that we know what's happening around the world, and so that uh, there's one point of focus in terms of receiving and sending the money around the world. So both of you, are, both SASO and IHQ are helping out around the world. IHQ is more daily operations, and you're more specifically aimed at some projects going on in these partners in mission. That's correct. Our, what we do is specific projects designed to help enhance and improve the quality of life. Excellent. Uh, wherever that may be. IHQ makes sure that uh, daily life is able to happen uh, around the Salvation Army world. A two-pronged approach. I love it. So can you tell us a little bit, George, about how many countries that SASO is working in, how many projects are going on, and if you wouldn't mind maybe highlighting a couple of those projects? Sure. Well, we currently we have uh, 187 active projects around the world. We have another 10 that are in concept, uh, what we call concept notes. So those are projects that we've received 
proposals, and we're now uh, evaluating those proposals and deciding whether or not that's something uh, one of the territories might want to fund or that we at SASO from, from our own reserves might want to fund. And then we have uh, 19 other proposals that have not reached the concept uh, point yet. So, you know, in total, uh, we have 216 projects uh, on our board right now, uh, which total up to almost $60 million worth of projects uh, that SASO is either actively um, helping with or getting ready to uh, look at the possibility of funding. Uh, and that spreads around 64 countries around the world. Wow. So it really does, we, we really do reach the world, uh, which uh, makes sense when the title of your organization is the Salvation Army World <laughs> Services Office. <laughs> what's, a, what's a few of those projects, sir? Well, I think, uh, th and this is another kind of misconception, I think. A lot of people think that SASO only helps with uh, disaster relief or with major projects. A and we do both, and we do a lot of both. Um, but over the last uh, two years, uh, it may not surprise you to know that SASO has provided COVID-19 relief to every territory that the Salvation Army serves. Um, those have been smaller grants, but those have been to help provide for PPE and some training and education. Uh, so that's one of the things that we've done most recently. But one of the, one of the projects that uh, I kind of chuckled at, but it really kind of, uh, you know, tugged at my heart, was that we have a, a project where we are funding the purchase of chickens. And we're helping you know, farmers out in outlying areas, um, and in some cases, it's it's uh, children and and women who are simply trying to support their families, uh, purchase chickens, so that they can then sell the eggs um, when they're when they're you know uh, produced, and then that actually will support their family. And I'm thinking something as simple as a chicken and an egg, and you know, it. Uh, you know, we go to the store and we take for granted that we can reach into a, a refrigerator and buy a dozen eggs, and we don't even think about the fact that that in other parts of the world uh, could provide for a livelihood. And um, so that really kind of got me. And then we're doing a lot of tremendous work in anti-human trafficking around the world, and setting up homes, safe homes, and uh, you know, taking literally you know, kids that are eight and nine and 12 and 14 off the streets and providing a safe environment for them to grow up in uh, where they won't be, you know, swept up by traffickers. And so, I mean, those are two of the kinds of things that we're doing and doing more and more of that. Uh, but we do still have the big building projects, the hospitals, the clinics. Um, so it, it's a wide variety of, of different kinds of programs. As a battle line is an, is an offshoot of Peer Magazine, I think all of that in the youth leader's heart is good to hear that about trying to get kids from around the world um, safe from uh, human trafficking and all of that, for sure. We appreciate that. Um, I know uh, all of our listeners do as well. Well, uh, Major, is there like, I know you've only been here a short time, but <clears throat> is there like a story that you have seen firsthand? Well, actually, we were just recently at IHQ. Uh, to meet with the zonal secretaries and talk about projects and things going on. And as we were meeting with the, uh, the folks from the Africa zone, uh, 
the captain that is now the undersecretary for that zone shared that he actually came to the Army through one of the schools that was built and funded by SASO. And, Very cool. uh, and so he, he has a, a great appreciation for what SASO does. And I thought, you know, that's really, this is what it's about, uh, giving people an opportunity for a better life, to change their lives. Uh, you know, they're not all going to become officers. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But, but to sit across the table from someone whose life was so impacted that they wanted to give back to God uh, through service as a Salvation Army officer, uh, I mean, that really touched me. Um, because, you know, we can do the day in, day out stuff and wonder, are we actually making a difference? Um, but to sit across the table from someone who would not be there were it not for the efforts of this office and so many others, we're just part of it. Um, that, that was really a, a meaningful thing for me. I'm looking forward to seeing more of those stories as the world opens up again and I'm able to travel and see some of that. Yeah, sir. I guess I imagine the coronavirus really has inf- affected Sasso's work. Oh, we yeah. None of our team ha- were able to travel, um, you know, from March 2020 until just recently. Uh, we've started traveling again, and that's a huge part of what we do is to get out to see the projects, to meet with the people, to to monitor the impacts. Um, and so we're just now starting to do that again. And my travel schedule is starting to look totally crazy for the rest of the year. I think I'm going to spend more time in a 787 than I am in my <laughs> office or at home. Uh, but that's what it's all about. Get those passport stickers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, George, we know that uh, millennials and Gen Zers uh, care about being change, change agents in the world. They care about, uh, you know, making the world a better place. Um in their local communities, for sure, but also around the world. How can Sasso kind of help broaden that understanding or that worldview? Well, I think through the programs that we do, um, you know, that takes place. It's, it's helping people understand what we do and how that impacts people and how they can be part of that. Uh, we have intern opportunities um, you know, that uh, could could uh, provide some exposure to some of what we do around the world. A million teenagers uh, just got real excited when you said that. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, you know, we're always looking for opportunities to uh, to help territories perhaps plan mission trips, uh, working with their partners in mission. Um, and so there, there's a number of things they can do. Perhaps the most important thing they can do is contact their core officer and say, hey, I, I want to be part of this. I want to get involved. What can I do? And and they can direct them, you know, depending on what the division or the territory has available. But we're always open to uh, uh, looking at ways that we can provide opportunities for people. And uh, we'd love to get some younger people involved. Um, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm a little bit past my millennial years <laughs> or, or Gen Z years. Um, and someone's going to have to take this on down the road. And, um, and so I'd love to be part of helping uh, expose people to um, the wide variety of service that the Army provides around the world. So, uh, Major, again, just uh, if, a, if, a, if a young person is out there or if anybody's interested in this, donating, um, they just need to talk to their core officer. Is there a website that you guys have that's something where people can find uh, more information, learn more? How can a person help? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we have a website. Um, 
No, we do. It's www.sawso.org. And they can go on that site and it gives a list of the projects we do, the countries that we work in, uh, just gives a, a good overview of what we do at Sasso. And, um, and, and, you know, if they have questions, uh, you know, we're more than happy to try to answer those and respond. And, and you know, if they want to go overseas and do some work, uh, we'll do our best to assist with that as well. Just like we talked about a few episodes ago, um, the world, the Salvation Army around the world is much different than what it looks like in the United States of America. But Jesus is the same here as he is over there. And there's still people that need to hear the gospel, that need to hear uh, the the love, grace, and mercy of Jesus that will forgive our sins um, and that will wash us clean and make us holy and do the work. Major, thank you for uh, hanging with us here. I think we have one last question for you. And thank you for what you're doing again, Major, just to uh, help spread the gospel through COVID-19 tests and you know, knowledge and PPE and chickens and front doors and disaster relief and schools and hospitals and all these things around the world that will help be the places that people can learn uh, and hear about Jesus. So we always end our episode with this question, what is giving you joy? Uh, so what? that's our question today. What is giving you joy? George, well, since you're the guest, we'll let you go first. That way Matt can't steal your answers. <laughs> well... Uh, there are a number of things. Actually, being back in the U.S., I have to admit, uh, is bringing me joy being closer to our family. We have four children and seven grandchildren. Very difficult to visit while we were over in Wales. And then when COVID hit, made it even more difficult. So being closer to family, even though they're on the West Coast, we're on the East Coast. Um, but but that definitely brings me joy. Um, but working in Sasso, I know that sounds, you know, kind of well, a term that my generation uses, corny, but um, <laughs> I, I know that sounds kind of corny, but this is a wonderful group of dedicated people who love the Lord and who just want to see lives changed and improved. And, uh, and that brings me a lot of joy. Major, can you, if you want, do you want to take one minute just to just tell the people about how many Starbucks mugs you have? No, <laughs> I do collect Starbucks mugs. I now have 317 Starbucks mugs, uh, different Starbucks mugs uh, from around the world. I have uh, 90 of them from international locations and the rest of them are from here in the United States. That's very cool. That's very cool. Thanks for sharing that with you. Jamie, how about you? What's giving you joy? Yeah, listen, I just want to take the opportunity, George, we can make this a, a reciprocal education opportunity. You, <laughs> your generation says corny. This generation says chuggy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so drop you can drop that in your next conversation. Next time Jeannie says something, you can just say, Jeannie, don't be choogy. <laughs> and people will be like, what? Well, I may be walking around with a handprint on my, my cheek. Yeah. I'll yes. give it a try. Not advisable, probably. <laughs> yeah. So what is bringing me to, to joy today, along with the rest of America, is this wonderful little game called Wordle. Wordle. Any of you guys play Wordle? No, because I have a life. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Says the guy who always hovering over my shoulder, suggesting words that I might try. <laughs> so I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it is always uh, a lot of fun for me. Uh, interestingly, I've also used it to kill the time with my children. Uh, we play 
uh, on pen and paper because <laughs> I am not not letting them use up my <laughs> opportunity for the day. Susanna will come in and say, Mom, let me try your Wordle. No, no, I have a streak. You are not ruining it. <laughs> so I make them play on paper. But it is, I, I like it because, well, one, uh, it, you know, is a brain exercise. Uh, as somebody who's doing a lot of editing right now, I appreciate that opportunity to kind of think through words in that way. Um, but I also like that it's just one puzzle a day, so I can't get hooked into it. You know, like it's not, it doesn't become a time suck. You get your one chance, then you're done. I appreciate that. So Wordle, go check it out. Hopefully the new owner doesn't ruin it. <laughs> just leave it there. <laughs> oh yeah. Elizabeth, the New York times bought it, didn't it? Matt, I was trying not to say names. But yes, they did. <laughs> it's on the internet. It's fine. Yep. They, did. You, they, got, they got bought out. I love denim and I have a matching jacket and long skirt and I feel so hip. This kid is the from the 90s. I was going to say, hey, hello, 90s. The, 90s. the 90s arrived back in the room today. And if you think that's cool, it's, it's two different shades of denim. One half is dark. The other is light in both. Can Elizabeth. you still, Jamie, hold on. I have a legit question. Can okay. you still like go to Michael's and remember you get those like iron press on, on patches. things? Iron on pa- patches. Can you iron those onto denim? That yes. would be so fabulous. Oh, oh my Elizabeth. gosh. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. No. Uh, this is before do your this. time, but you should Google and look at when, uh, this late nineties, early two thousands, when Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears were dating and they dressed in matching denim coordinated outfits to some award show i don't remember what it was and it was just everybody was there for it how could you not be there for double <laughs> denim when you see it you'll be like i'm not there for it all right in uh, retrospect maybe not maybe not the wisest choice. what's giving what's giving me joy just to wrap up elizabeth uh told us a few episodes ago probably last year she talked about this wonderful rhode island treat called coffee milk which jamie and i spit out our water we spit You're like had coffee a spit milk date. what is that never heard of this so elizabeth being the kind person that she has bought us a bottle of coffee milk syrup, which I tried for the first time the other day. I will tell you, eight out of 10. It's good. Yes. Listen, I don't know. You're not going to be able to find it in stores, right, Elizabeth? You have to like order it online. Can you buy it, it on Amazon? You can buy it for an outrageous rate on the internet. So I recommend just taking a trip to the Fifth Colony. That's right. So it's you cheaper to go to, to drive to Rhode Island and buy it yourself. You bought ours from Rhode Island. It's you authentic. Didn't... It's the real deal. Okay, cool. So you, you, it's like Hershey's chocolate syrup. You just squirt a little in your milk, a little stir. You drink. And I, as soon as I took a sip, I was like, everybody in the family has to try this. <laughs> it's so, like... It's like if chocolate milk was a mocha. It's it it's makes like a nice iced coffee, I would say. Cold coffee. But if you buy it online, it's going to cost you how much? Retails $30 a bottle. George is a coffee guy. We'll have to bring it to the office yep. and have a taste test. Do they All serve right. milk in our depart- in our office? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. <laughs> Major Baker, thank you for uh, what you do with Salso. Thank you for how you're spreading the gospel all over the world through uh, tangible things. We appreciate that so much. Thanks, Major. Well, thank you. It was fun being with you today. <laughs> That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. So be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen and check out the Peer website at peermag.org or follow Peer on the socials. <laughs> Until next time, this has been the Battle Line Podcast. Bye.
Thanks, Major. All right, Major. First off, we just uh, said you were from uh, the south center of Wales. That's the tail and the body part of the Wales. So our question is, that's so lame. We got to edit that out. <laughs> oh, that's so lame. All right, here we go. I was trying uh, to remember my head. What is whale shaped like that? And then I was like, no, oh, wait, this man, he's just being dumb. That's so lame. Wow. That, in my head, it went so much different. All right. <laughs> I understood what you were talking about anyway. It took me a minute to get there. Oh, I'm glad you did. I didn't. 